So here we are, day 12 of our rafting, sheep hunting, elk hunting adventure. Celine and I, Jenny, are on the road home. And we thought we'd just do a quick session here. Just uh, don't love recording on the road. It's great if you have the time, but the, the audio can be a bit of a challenge. So we apologize for that, but we'll see what we can do with it. Uh, we find ourselves driving through the Fraser Canyon in uh, beautiful British Columbia, and just a few hours from home. So, how uh, how you holding up on the drive, Jenny? All good. Rocked out to the '80s for a while. Eye of the Tiger. Oh, Road tunes. <laughs> a hell of a session this morning. Started out the morning. Started out with a little "Mama's gonna knock you out." LL Cool J. Yep. Just to get us up and fired and ready, uh-huh. getting going. Uh, meanwhile, I'm I'm laying in the back. I'm kind of at this condition that's developed since the, the couple of back-to-back days of long paddling days of uh, almost like carpal tunnel syndrome inside of, in my in my wrists and arms. Like I actually like a bit of a pain and a, and a bit of a high level of annoyance. Um, and so I'm just being miserable in the back of the truck trying to catch up on email and, and, and Selena and Jenny are having a ball rocking out. <laughs> it's important to have a good, a good uh, co-pilot. And uh, you have been both. Me? You have. You both have been good <laughs> road pilots, <laughs> co-pilots. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're like, I don't know. The drive, drive up north was like it's about sixteen hours to drive, in, or maybe a little bit more. So we're on day two. We took it. We took it easy last night. We stopped in uh, beautiful Quinell and uh, had a great stay at the Sandman. And it was the Canucks were on TV for the, in an elimination game first round of the playoffs, which they haven't been in the playoffs for like something like nine years or something crazy like that. They certainly haven't won a series, so it was fun to have a beer and watch. We had takeout food. That was fun. And then, uh, yeah, watch the next win a series, so that was fun. Um, so we've moved away from boiling the bag. Yes. Which was a delight. Yeah, that was, you know, I think that was the highlight of the trip was the, was the quality of food that we had. That's not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, oh, geez, I guess I'm put down. No, 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 it's not, it should be. Okay, let, let's talk about trip highlights and, and, and reflecting on the trip. So, so we did not kill an animal on this trip, which I, I there was some, maybe some expectations going into that, well, that that would be part of this trip. I, I no, no, we were all very reasonable about the amount of animals that we were going to, that we were going to harvest on this trip, right? <laughs> so at what point, Jay, did you feel like, Maybe we weren't going to get three sheep and two elk. At what, what, what point did you sort of readjust that expectation of the three sheep to, 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 to two elk? Selena, check the rigs. Can we shoot sheep here? <laughs> I'm still, on, just on over. I'm still on. not there yet. Are we driving through radium? It's radium on the way home. <laughs> still, you know what's funny? Is we'll come around the corner here in about 10 minutes and it's going to be a... a the sheep on the highway at Spencer's Bridge. And I might lose it. <laughs> we flew halfway across the province to go find sheep. And they're right here, so I'm ever optimistic. Um, so at what point... Uh, there's a lot of, lot of things to consider when you're moving meat around for potentially days on end. And how to deal with it in the uh, on a trip that is this long and uh, hard on the body, both mentally and physically. So, uh, 
yeah, I, I, I doubt totally was a factor for, I mean, we, we did see elk in a number of places that we could have shot, but the practicality of getting them to the boats and then the 140 kilometers down the river would have, would have been a real challenge, not just physically, but, uh, just that we had some days there where it was 25 degrees out and beautiful and it just would have been so difficult to manage the meat and the meat care and, and so that definitely posed a challenge. Um, Selena, what did you, what did, do you sort of, did you have an expectation that we'd kill something on this trip? And I was, I was expecting to see sheep. I was expecting to kill one elk. Um, and uh, that, w- when we hit an elevation, a lower elevation that the elk just weren't uh, ready to go down into, I was like, oh, okay, elk is off the menu now. And that, that was about halfway through the trip, I think. And, uh, because, because we were running out of days where we can pull the boats up, set up a base camp, and then spend a few days back further at higher elevations where, where the elk would be. So, yeah, so, so, so when we were out of elk habitat for that time of year was, oh, okay. And then, then I had to come to terms. I was like, we're going to have to eat a porcupine. Yes. <laughs> come across them. Or <laughs> lone. I don't, I don't think you're allowed to. Oh There's a hot dog stand here yeah, and a gentleman that is wearing a Hawaiian shirt serving hot dogs. So okay. I've pulled over. <laughs> we're stopping at the fruit stand. And, and we're like, going to pause for a hot, hot dog. dog. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're back here and we've discovered a new hot dog stand in the ideal location for traveling. Typically drive through Spence's Bridge four times a year. I stop at the fruit stand on the top of the hill just after Spence's Bridge. If you're coming from Vancouver, great people, awesome peaches and great tomatoes. And popped up next to their fruit stand is this hot dog stand. Some dude from Whistler that came up here because he's a fly fishing fanatic and decided to open a hot dog stand. And so, you know, what's the best part about the hot dog stand? They offer poutine. And as a French Canadian, can you give us a review of the poutine? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it's true to form uh, from Quebec standards. The it's very skinny fries. The the consistency of the gravy is fantastic, and the cheese is actually squeaky cheese. So five five out of five on the cheese. Okay, so so it, not traditional fries. I found I found it actually. I, I typically don't like poutine, but I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Like crispy, crunchy fries. Sort of the gravy was a bit lighter, so it didn't just dominate the dish. With um, yeah, and the, and the cheese curds are. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Enjoyment was high. High enjoyment, uh, even the gosh, the, the hot dog, like love and care that that man put in that hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Fried all the onions, fried up the peppers, homemade zucchini uh, relish. Anyways, five out of five. I'll, I'll, we should see if we can find this hot dog stand on Google and give a review. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we were talking about uh, expectations and, and just sort of, you know, we, I mean, there's a lot of enthusiasm going on this trip and just how it shifted from, you know, you know killing sheep and elk and then realizing, you know, it's, uh, maybe I'll go to my expectation of this trip. I, I, I My expectation of this trip was, I knew the time was going to be a challenge, particularly around sheep hunting, because Typically, a sheep hunt is just, we've probably talked about it at some point in this series, about it being like a, uh, a 
marathon, just like covering ground and covering ground. And then eventually you find sheep and, that's, and you often have to wait them out to where they present themselves at a place that you can shoot them. Um, or, you know, or you can get close to them. And, uh, it's so just sort of having to tag on what could be five days of travel on the river in addition to our sheep. I knew we were going to be challenged and that, and, and the, and the part that was most unknown for us is we, we ended up doing some of our sheep hunting at the beginning of the trip before we even hit the river. So like, we didn't know how long the trip was going to be and what the river was going to be like. And so it was difficult to commit too much time to that first sheep hunt without knowing how much we had to cover off. So, so, I, so my expectation is the sheep hunting would be compromised by the fact that we were still exploring the river and the traveling all that kind of stuff. The other, so that was kind of what I expected, but what I didn't expect, I thought, I honestly thought we'd be, we'd be like, floating by herds of elk given the nature of the country that we were in and so i was surprised when we passed through some of what i thought would look like some of bc's best elk country and it was vacant of elk currently being there that was that was a surprise to me so not killing an elk is surprising not killing a sheep not surprising at all um, yeah i'm at the same same place as you but, but my biggest expectation for this trip was that like, I just wanted to see if we could do it. I just wanted to see if it was possible to get down the river safely. And is it something that you could that you could do again more efficiently, invest more time in the sheep hunting because you know how much time it's going to take you to get down. Maybe, maybe we'll get to that what we do differently. We'll talk about that next. But um, So I'm curious, Lena, because I... I know that this was a big trip for you, and, and this is a, as a big as it might. It's not something you would normally, not part of your repertoire of adventure that you would normally take on. <laughs> so the, the the rafting thing was brand new, yeah, and and the the fact that it was two weeks two weeks in a row that's that was that was new for me. Uh, the longest I think it's been a week, and no rafting. So I'm curious, would you, would you sign up for this type of adventure or this adventure again uh, with the rafting component and the mountain adventure component? Is it something that, that turns your crank or is it something that, how, how are you reflecting on it at this point? The, yes, I would do something like this again, as long as the last two days can get trimmed off. <laughs> the so it just has to be a different route I think like like being able to raft up to a place walk up a mountain spend one night at base camp continue and then do two nights up among sheep and, and caribou and all the other animals and ptarmigan and, and be in a place like that and then be able to come back out get back in the boats that was fantastic it was just the the length to be able to trim it I can uh, I can get behind that and get excited about that. Yeah, yeah. That I definitely found that. Uh, so we ended up just the how it ended up working out just is that we kind of got our first day going down the river. We were in sheep country, so we we went up into sheep country and invested six days looking for sheep, and our plan on spending six days looking for sheep. We ended up trimming that down to four nights, I think, and then we came out. 
and then we committed to some river time. And we basically did two days back-to-back of traveling down the river, and then committed to another sheep mountain for a couple days, and then got back on the river, and we kind of just, we did two huge days uh, at the end, one really challenging day of river navigating, and, and then another day of just trying to get out ahead of the next storm, which was a, about a 45-kilometer paddling day, which I think we're all feeling the, the, well, sure the, feeling <laughs> the lasting physical effects. Of- <laughs> physical effect. <laughs> so, so for sure, taking off those, like that challenging technical day of paddling where we had some challenges and the physically challenging day of the last day, I could totally do without. Right. Um, it, would, it would be a much more manageable trip. Also, just if you're trying to do a two-week trip, if you only have to travel for two days inside of that, then you could commit a lot more time to sheep or elkin or whatever you're doing. Yeah, yeah, more more time hunting, less time transitioning or, or traveling. Yeah, yeah, totally. We were talking about this before the podcast. That was one of the things that I remember from doing my horse trip a few years ago that I really didn't enjoy just how much time you had to spend taking care of the horses, and at some point you weren't really hunting you were just being a cowboy with in and with occasionally slipping away from your duties to go hunting for a bit but at the top of your mind you were always managing the horses and because of the potential of them well taking care of them feeding watering and then securing them so they don't disappear on you which is a big deal because they'll just go home right they'll just go back to the ranch they'll just go back to the ranch or in our case back to the highway which they did try and do three days into it, which was hilarious. <laughs> the rafts never did that, which which I was grateful for. They were very docile, the rafts. They were very, they were, wherever we put them, we came back and they were there. <laughs> okay, Jenny, how, about, how are you feeling about reflecting on this adventure and you know whether or not you would sign up for this type of adventure again? What are your reflections on it? I would do this again for sure. I really enjoyed it. I love being that far into the wilderness. It was probably my absolute favorite part of being, I've never been that so remote. So I love that part of it. I love the diversity between climbing mountains and using your legs and your feet one day and then jumping in the rafts the next day um, and using your arms and giving your feet and your legs a break. Um, I'm a boat person, not necessarily a river person, but I do love of water and the tranquility of floating down that river was uh was something that i really enjoyed nice. for sure i i love i i mean i get such a rush out of being that far in wilderness yeah. and it's something that has been kind of a i can't really imagine a year going by without doing something that kind of i just like I mean, we're so we're so fortunate in bc to have this opportunity whether I've experienced that with you, Jenny, when you've taken me snowmobiling and we've ridden the snowmobiles way off into the peppered ice cap. And I've been like, this is freaking amazing that you could have this freedom. I, I had the same thing when we're puttering around on the West coast of Vancouver Island in the boats and you get two or three of your buddies who, you know, have the same type of equipped boats. And we're all just able to just go 25 miles from land and fish and hang out and like, and have some level of security, but just the remoteness. It's just like, wow, what, how, how amazing is it Like that we can live in a place like this where we can do that and experience wilderness or isolation and, and then all the cool things that come with it, like all the things that we saw along the way that were so cool to hang out with. 
things that would check us out. True. <laughs> That's really cool. Because the animals back there are quite surprised until they float down the river. <laughs> and they take a keen interest in the know what's happening. A very, very novel sight for, for that moose. Yeah. What is floating down my river? <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Is that two orange giggly girls? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they look harmless. <laughs> what's that other green and gray thing? <laughs> He's got a gun. I know what that means. <laughs> yeah. No, that, yeah, that was that was quite... My, so, my reflection on it, I mean, is one of the things that happened when you plan any hunting trip, and this would be, and we kind of fell into this a little bit, is the uh, you're kind of not like you kind of want to do it all because the op- not you yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> really well this happens to all of like this happens to anybody that's planning a trip and you're like well you're gonna go caribou hunting and you're actually gonna go into some of the world's best moose country right and you're like well but then you have to think about the timing of when you're gonna go. So you're sort of like, well, if I just go a little bit later, we kind of get in the moose rut, then maybe we'll kill a moose. But if I go earlier, the caribou will taste better. So you're, you're, so you're trying to like, and we had this happen a little bit to us because we were like, well, originally we were going to do this as a September 1st hunt and, and focus on sheep, but then elk is not open until the 15th. And then we kind of, we, then we said, oh, well, this is an elk trip, and then we'll go during the elk rut in the first week of September. And then we somehow kind of ended up balancing kind of in the middle, where we're like, well, maybe we'll just go early enough that we're, we're still in, like, alpine hunting time frame in the summer, and the wildflowers will be out. So we'll go early August, and then we'll kind of finish off our trip in the first five days of elk season, so when we're floating out, we'll kill an elk. So, Probably what we for a trip like this is is invest in one or the other. You go go for go for sheep. Well, like go during the best time that you can get sheep, or even just invest all the time into sheep hunting and not think about creating time and all the equipment that we would have that we brought along for elk hunting because we were kind of more equipped than we had to be as far as you know game bags and kind of a base camp that could facilitate dealing with the large animal and all the dry bags we bought for them and all that kind of stuff. So, if you just stripped all that away and just went sheep hunting, like, that kind of, I like that simplicity of that. And, and focus. And just focus. And then just use your, you know, your 10 days of hunting, just spend that uh, up high looking for sheep in the best possible spot that we figured out based on all the information we had. And then just use the other couple days to, to rip the river. Um, or, come back and do that same trip and just not go for sheep and enjoy that beautiful country, but just go later when the elk will move down onto all that, uh, what was vacant elk country when we went through, it was just still too early. And then just enjoy elk hunting every day and then travel down the river a few hours every day so you don't have that intense, you know, what amounted to 20 hours of paddling towards the end of our trip. Right, yeah. Yeah, at the very end, the it was so neat to go from extremely rocky mountains. It was, yeah. it was just the viewscapes, and once you got up there, you could see mountains forever. And then every day, the mountains get a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller, and then the last two days, no mountains. That was so neat. But it also meant, okay, you're out of that country, and it's not 
That's not what you're looking for. It's, it's funny, though, because I think it got elkier the further we go down the river. Nice. So I, I saw progressively more for, sign for of... sheep, I mean. Oh, for, for sheep. sheep, yeah. yeah sure. It's like, well, and sheep is off the menu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, actually, we had, just as we were, like, literally 500 meters from the pullout, <laughs> like, we're just beat to shit. It's raining. It's, like, it's, it was a pretty challenging day. Like, it rained all day, and we had 35 kilometers of river to cover or something like that on our last... It was more than that. Was it 45? Yeah, it was 45. And we... It's a bit windy, too. The wind was blowing into us. The rain didn't yeah. really bother me, but that... Uh, the wind slowed us, yeah. Yeah. That wind, when you're trying to push your paddles here, I found that a bit uh, frustrating. Yeah, for sure. That was... Oh, anyway, my days were coming to the last, literally that last bit. I'm actually listening to my storybook. Because at this point, the river's kind of really chilled out, and it feels like we can relax a bit. We had, we had some pretty hairy river moments earlier than that, and we'll talk about that in a separate podcast. Um, but I'm just chilling out, and, 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 and like over the top of like my audio book, <laughs> I hear like what I'm sure is an elf people, and I I take my earphones out and I look back at Selena, and she's like <laughs> giving me the signal that she's heard something, and I listen for a little longer, and then I hear another elf people. What the hell? And then Jenny's like waving her arms around like a bull elf, pointing into the bush. So we literally like the the only time we I, yeah we heard the elf people was right at the end of the trip, which actually surprised me because I, I don't think elk really get into bugling until the end of August. So I, I, I'm going to have to ask, I'll have to ask Richard about that if there's like early bugles. Um, or just someone at the airstrip practicing. Yeah, well, that was the other thing. We were closing up to the camp that there was a doubt in my mind that we were <laughs> back to the, the highway. But we some, didn't see anyone. We I mean, we didn't rip down the airstrip, but when we arrived, there was people camping there, and we drove past there, and it was empty. Yeah. So, potentially, that was your big bull. Oh, was actually <laughs> your big bull. Um, we, we tried we tried on them. We, we, we cow-called a few times and set up to see if we could pull them out of the bush. But, but we were we were so spent, and the bugs were so bad. <laughs> I just can't. We just got to get down this river. And it's, Mildly die. hypothermic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Selena was dying. <laughs> it would have had to be a cranker. <laughs> oh, yeah. We would have just had to set up camp right there next to the dead elf. Yeah, <laughs> Selena would have crawled inside. Yeah. <laughs> Star yeah. Wars stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. I, I was prepared to go into hypothermia for, for an elk, so I was just there, kind of like bouncing up and down. I'm like, come on, elk. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a rough day. So, <laughs> so physically, um, Jenny, how are you feeling after like the whole trip, particularly the last couple of days? Um, my hands are a bit sore, but other than that, I feel good. Yeah. You, you were saying one thing you loved about the trip is that like you get your leg workout one day and then the arm workout the next day or something like that. Yeah, it was like going to the gym where you'd work on your arms and you'd be paddling, and then your arms would be a bit sore that night and have a good sleep, and you'd get up and you'd climb six hundred meters into the alpine, and you're like, oh, well, my arms are okay, but whew, <laughs> my legs are burning. <laughs> So I really enjoyed that aspect of it, of using all your muscles, but being able to give them that rest period that they've earned and deserve and really makes a difference in your following day. So I think I love the combo of the rafting and the simplicity of sitting in that boat and the ease of travel is, is so much respect for that and the use of the river as opposed to bashing through the bush and walking up one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah, there's bashing days in the bush for sure um selena how are you feeling physically you yeah yeah i'm, I'm feeling great actually thankfully i think um 
I think I was channeling my uh, my Cohiel uh, Dubois uh, ancestry. <laughs> there was a point down the river where I was like, "What? What is the least amount I can do of paddling to avoid those obstacles?" And so I'd be looking way down the river and like, "All right, put myself here, put myself there." <laughs> I noticed you doing that, and the fact that you were using that river as much as you possibly could to your advantage. Mm to stay in the faster moving water to move down the river without paddling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I knew I, I had a bit of a tumble before the trip during one of our, um, what do you call it? Um, training training days. So, so I wasn't as, as in shape as I wanted to be and as I, as I scheduled to be. So I was like going into it that way. I thought, Hmm. Okay. Here's, here's my priority moving down this river. <laughs> Um, and, and the hiking too, I was like, okay, what, what route can I take to, to make this the least, the least amount of work just so I can match it to, to the, the fitness level that I was in. So, so thankfully, thankfully I have no pain now, but Dylan, you did way more paddling than I did because you were out front much of the time scouting the lines. So I'm definitely, I definitely came in behind your wake, and and uh, and the condition of my body right now is <laughs> has that to think. And what about you, Dell? How are you feeling? I've been so much. Um, I, I I've had a bit of an ex- experience of maybe it's, uh, what do we, do we call it? Uh, no, no, tennis elbow, no, uh, carpal tunnel or something like that. Like some tingliness in my hands and some swelling in my hands. And some soreness, like when I use my hands and wrists right now. Um, well, it shows me my arms are kind of half asleep. And certainly when I'm sleeping at night, my arms are falling asleep and quite painful. And I I don't know if that's entirely tied. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's because of the, the, the extended paddling and just not really having the muscle development maybe for that. Um, or maybe like a lot of it. Um, but certainly, like, like one of the things about being out front there is like you you kind of start down one line and you'll see an obstacle and you have to like shift over to the other side of the river, which then requires you like, you really have to dig deep and move your whole boat across. Yeah. Um, it, in short order, which I guess the benefit, yeah, if you're coming in second or third, you get to see how everybody else's lines fare and you have a lot more time to just um, steer your way over as about to paddle your way over to the right line. Um, and I think towards the end there, like my boat was pretty heavy towards the end as well. I kept slipping rocks into your boat every time we opened it. Oh, it adds a lot more stability, which is kind of yeah, nice. Yeah, it but, came from a good place. Yeah, so you're looking out for me, but then it's harder to move the boat. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I feel amazing though. Like, I like the last sheep, the last sheep day that we had, Jenny. Like when we were up on the ridge there, and like just seeing sheep and covering ground, and like just covering a huge amount of ground, and just physically feeling like. Your body is like, I'm good with that. Yeah, we can go up to that next little peak. Oh, we can go down that ridge. Okay, yeah, we can do that. And and just having your body reinforced, so like, oh yeah, we're good doing that. And yeah, and whereas the beginning of the trip, your body is like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. No, I don't want to go up there. You have uh, to push through. <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel great that my body is like really, it's just coming out of COVID and just that basically doing a quarter of the exercise I would have been doing pre-COVID. And uh, and all the bad things that I was doing during COVID, like eating too much and cooking way more and eating and drinking wine and all the fun things that you can do in self isolation, uh, 
but definitely not exercising enough to, to work it all off. I was feeling like a bit of a badass. <laughs> so. Well, I'm not, I don't think you could blame that completely on COVID. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of things you can blame on COVID, but I mean, it's Dr. Bonnie Henry said that going for a run mm-hmm. and running past someone on the trail, the chances are minuscule. So, <laughs> a lot we can blame on COVID, but if you're taking it a step too far. You can probably keep some mean physical distancing while you're doing sit ups in your living room. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're saying I'm a lazy fat ass. No, you use the term lazy fat ass. I'm saying just. Don't be too hard on COVID. No. Oh, you're right. COVID deserves a little. COVID deserves a break. It's, yeah. It's, no, what? Even get the bad rap. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, I was just nice to feel like somewhat close to being where I'm comfortable, where I'd like to be in my physical shape, and that was good. So, that, so, so, yeah, I, I feel pretty good right now, despite my wrists are sore. But yeah. Um, little ice baths take care of that. Yeah. Totally. So, okay, last question. We'll wrap this up because we don't. Well, we had no. I was pretty stoked actually. We had no. We had really no injuries whatsoever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there was no no tumbling, uh, no head bonking, no no fisticuffs, no fisticuffs. That's true. Um, I did have that rather large bite on the back of my neck, which I thought was pretty cool. It's healing up partway through the trip, so that was an indication to me as well that. Things were being taken care of, like from a body perspective. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That we were eating well and drinking lots of water and yeah, sleeping. I think that's probably like, as far as expectations, like that to me was like the one, like the first thing I, like I, I wrote back to a few people as a trip was a success. Bodies and boats are intact. Nice. And to me, that's like we didn't have any any gear blowouts. We lost one paddle. And uh, uh, one of the boat flips and didn't recover a paddle. We had an extra paddle, but like, there were no repairs involved with bodies or boats. And those alpaca rafts took a beating. <laughs> oh my gosh! We coming around over a couple of things. Oh coming around the corner and those sharp rocks, and you're like, ah! <laughs> Ooh, they bounce off of it. Hot damn, those things are amazing. Yeah, they I are. love those boats. Yeah, totally. Well, the, the other, like, the part that I was so impressed with those boats, and we probably should just do a separate piece on the boats and the rafting component. I think we just do a separate uh, podcast session on it or reflecting on paddling. Like, I never felt like I was underboated. Like, I felt like the boat could do anything that we asked of it. Mm. It was just my comfort level and my anticipation of the risk of if I fell out of the boat for whatever reason. But the boat would be fine. The boat could do it. Right. Every time I went through, like, we just think the waves got progressively bigger as we got further down the river, and the obstacles got progressively more challenging. And as the water levels rise, uh, arose, I should say, um, and but like the boats had no problem with like four foot waves or five foot waves, it's like no big deal. I felt like that too. Like, I was like, oh, he's sheep ship, he worthy, worthy vessel. And I felt it a couple of times, she was looking back at me and being like, yeah, but Jenny, you really got to improve your paddling skills. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can be quite the team, but I'm, holding up, the I'm team. holding up my end of the bargain, but you're letting me down a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay, well, that, yeah, that, <laughs> but that was definitely my, like, I was just, I'm so happy that we're, like, the other piece that comes out of this trip for me is that, like, I know so much more about, well, the country, right? Like, we know where we go sheep hunting next time. And, and it's not even like, 
we knew where to go before we went, but what we didn't know is how to get there. And we found like I, I the, the rooting in is such an important part, and how you do that, and, and going in the second time is like ten times easier. Yeah. So and then we found sheep in some places, and we know which which hills we want to hunt. But it's more, I think, an access thing up there. It's not so much I mean, there's sheep everywhere. It's just how to how to get to them is the hard part. We certainly figured out where the where where the elk hills are that you can hunt from the river. We figured out how long it's going to take us to do it. So all those things would say to me like I feel like that's so successful having that knowledge and being able to go do it again. So. To wrap this up, two two questions. Do you want to be so? I'm curious, Selena. Like this is the big departure, like we talked about from what you normally do. Is is river raft hunting something you're going to build on, or is it something you're going to reflect back on as a great experience? So, like in other words, are you are you going to invest in in, in this type of hunting uh, going forward? What it what it provided, what it. Um... Like, like what you said, like you're able to get access to places that typically other people aren't going to be able to make it into. What I'm looking forward to right now is exploring where else in the province I can bust the, this this raft out, and, and where else will I be able to apply it? And I think that is just going to get my my um, enthusiasm growing <clears throat> as I learn about new places to go with it. Would you go back and do this river trip with us in a couple of years? This route? Rocky River? Rocky River. we're calling it? Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no? No. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what? If I was able to get my full training in, because I was all COVID mod too. Like, I used to bike to work every day, and now I, you know, walked into the living room and started working. So, you could have lunch walked in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe because what what you said, Dylan. Now that you now that we know it, we're not breaking new routes. We we've been there, and we've done that, and we know what works, and we know what doesn't work, what to avoid, and what have you. The familiarity, I think, would actually be welcome. Yeah, for me, that's a big part of going back and doing this trip. I, I could get excited about it, doing it differently, yeah. than focusing my time in other places. But yeah. I get excited about just going back there for an elk hunt. I go go back there and just do a sheep hunt. Right. Um, Focus. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. How about you, Jenny? It's, it's first first question is 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 hunting from a alpaca raft going to be a part of your future? Yes. Absolutely. And I, because this hunt is so physically demanding, I would like to improve my rafting skills because to send a three and a half rating feature on a river and just raft through it is so much less taxing on the body than getting out and lining a raft around. Mm -hmm. So I think that would work really well is to 
there's a lot of benefits to improving your rafting skills. And the next day when you go to climb 900 meters off the river valley, yeah. you, you're ready to do that. And, and I'd also like to, it'd be really fun to, uh, to make like a mock, a mock animal and throw it in your boat. See how it handles. Yeah. Yeah, getting the weight in there. I mean, certainly that was fill your dry bags with water. I think we could have done it. It just would have been a lot more like I mean, because there were points. Yeah, you, your perspective from like oh, I'll just land it around, or I'll just drag my boat over that bar into that other channel and avoid that particular rapid. You just would be like, I'm just going for it. I just can't. <laughs> I can't move that rapid. Here I come. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna pass through it. Just gonna send it. So, so, but you're in though for another, another, another trip down the Rocky River. Yeah, I'm super keen. I and I think I'm the opposite, where I get more out of going to new territories than maybe actually shooting a sheep. I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, and like every time you go around a corner in that river that you haven't been down, even though rivers will change, um, and they did throughout the trip, it's like heart pounding <laughs> it's like those cartoons that you see I don't know who was a Bugs Bunny someone's like floating down the river and they just hear the balls and the balls are getting, the river's getting louder and louder <laughs> and like, what is that <laughs> coming up on the fly in we saw a few interesting features we're like oh we're gonna die like 40 foot waterfalls <laughs> I saw a couple of them oh, on the way in one of which we had to walk around <laughs> so I I love that aspect of it the unknown and I mean at times I was pretending I was Lewis and Lewis and Clark and yes when you've been 10 hours on the river your imagination might <laughs> go for a wonder well not a lot of people have done what we did I know that for sure I know a couple I, I, I know one person has done it that I was able to find in my network that's done it I've heard that a couple of other people have done it and have tried to do it and various degrees of success. So, I mean, that's kind of neat. There's like nobody else has done this trip. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I like that. As far as going back to this trip, like, like I know that by doing these types of trips, like doing these types of adventure trips, it really is about the adventure first. And it's not going to lead to, say, a successful elk hunt. And it's a reduced success uh, sheep, there's really low chances of successful sheep hunt when you approach it this way. Like, uh, our friend Mark, I, I, based on the text I saw, he, he connected on a ramp this, this, early, this uh, early this trip. He went into a spot that I know very well and we, I, I, you know, that I've been in a bunch of times. Like, it's a high, it's a chance of a high chance of success, but I am not, I don't get excited about going to a place that I've been in a couple times. Even though I've got all the information, it's great. I can share that with Mark, and hopefully, I don't. I'm not, I'm not sure if he necessarily took my advice or went to the same spot or not. Um, but it just doesn't. I love that research part, and I love the discovery of the adventure. So I'm continually like exploring the next. Oh, this is a good idea. Let's figure this out. And I love that research. I love the yeah the experience and the adventure. Um, it does come at a cost of success. Um, but if your success is knowledge and adventure, then it feels good to me that we that we certainly achieved that and we're all good we're all healthy equipment survived so i will continue and i know this doesn't work for sheep but we'll truck hunt to fill my freezer <laughs> and we'll backpack hunt for adventure yes. yeah. for physical fitness and adventure yeah. well 
I have to say, I want to just acknowledge, like, Selena, like, I was so impressed with, with how you took on this trip. Like, I just, like, oh, like you, you're so tough. This is so, like, like, so far outside your normal. Yeah, the it, typical adventure I'll do. Yeah, like, and we've done cool trips together. I, and, like, we've done some rafting and we've done some hunting together. But this was really hard. And it was actually harder than I thought. And I was really impressed with how much you, like, you, 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 you enjoyed this trip a lot. And you toughed out a lot of tough bits of this trip. And I was just impressed with your skill. Like I think you were the best paddler of, of the three of us. Like, when I look back and watched you paddle, mm-hmm. like, you picked up the technique better than, than us. Like, you were just way more efficient with your mm-hmm. paddling. And, yeah, no, it was just great to see it. I just, like, I was just had mad respect for you. Ain't no Paris back there. Ain't no Paris. And Jenny, I just like, I, I just, I'll finish off, but I just want to say, I just love hanging out with you. And you just support me so much and, and uh, believe in these ideas that I come up with and support me 100%. And I come through and deliver so much of contribution to these trips in terms of enthusiasm and, and passion and knowledge and skill and keeping us both safe and doing all the hard work along the way. So, you guys are the best. It was a great, great team. I'm so glad that I did this with you. And, uh, I hope we can do another adventure real soon. Tons of fun. Yeah, I I'm love really that. happy that uh, that you invited us out. You have this harebrained idea, and you're like, I have an idea. Let's <laughs> let's just go 12 days into wilderness. <laughs> maybe we'll see people, maybe we won't. And, and you planned out so much of it and pulled together so much of the gear that, that made it feasible and, and comfortable <laughs> for so much of it. Yeah, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Lots of fun. Yeah, it was amazing. Awesome. Okay, well, let's let's wrap this up. Um, I'm sad wrapping this up because it feels like <laughs> a bit of fun little project. Want me to turn around? We're basically going to drive home to Rungle Health then, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Got to pick up my bugle. No, I can no. take another week off. Yeah, well, I, I try not to think about the next time. I'm really trying not to think about elk hunting. I really <laughs> want to get home, unpack, and then think about what the next trip is. And uh, I have a feeling that it's going to be a little funny. Um, anyways. Well, I told Maddie when I, one of my friends, that when I got off this trip, like I was going to need her, like we were going to need to find some fun stuff because, I mean, this has been the amount of prep that went into this. Even my mom said that she's so funny. She's so loose. Wow, you're doing a lot of prep for this trip. And I'm like, well, it's 14 days unsupported in the remote wilderness of the Northern Rocky Mountains. <laughs> well... I guess so. <laughs> and then um, my roommate also said to me, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm waterproofing my gear. Oh, what are you doing now? Oh, I'm uh, I'm doing my boots. He's like, everything you do right now is for this trip. <laughs> Again, 14 days unsupported in the northern Rocky Mountains. Like, yeah, it's going to take some prep. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to reduce that risk to as close to zero as possible. Yeah. But you can't get to zero on a trip like this. No. no. Which is, yeah. You always could have done a little bit more. When you're downloading some more maps at the hotel and the hotel Wi-Fi. <laughs> the yeah. hotel Wi-Fi shoddy and you're swearing. Oh, my God. The Sasquatch in and their Wi-Fi. Oh, my gosh. We'll, we'll give a review for the Sasquatch in. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> we'll wrap this one up. This has been so much fun. Uh, we might do a, a second episode to this. We're, we're going to try and, I think we're going to try and talk to Mike Bridger. He's on a sheep trip as well, so we may come back together and chat with Mike Bridger here in a follow-up episode. We might talk to Thor again to wrap up. Um, yeah, we want to thank 
both of them for coming on this series and, and contributing to the success of this trip. We've got to thank Penny for, for providing us with such wonderful mm, food from yes. West Coast Kitchens. And uh, we actually eat really well. We'll probably do another podcast on that as well. So anyways. And one more person to thank, because when I was going down that river, slightly, slightly petrified at certain points, what would Christy do? Oh, my goodness. What would <laughs> so Christy do? Our paddling guide or slash trainer was amazing and was full of knowledge and uh, and lovely. Oh, my God. And that's our next podcast. We'll, 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 bring, uh, we'll bring Christy on and we'll talk through our paddling experience. Amazing. Perfect, Christy. That would be so much fun. Okay. Anyways, thanks so much for checking it out. Uh, if you haven't done so, download the Wild app because that's going to give you a great resource for this upcoming hunting season. It's got all of our videos online available inside the app. You can watch them when you're offline in the field hunting. Um, there's lots more episodes of this uh, podcast. We've done lots of fun stuff. We're doing uh, webinars online, which you can check out and uh, talking about how to hunt stuff that would be important to you and your success in this hunting season. Other than that, everybody's having a great time and gets out on their own adventure this this fall and has some success out there. Okay, all the best.